Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Erin Duffy. She is a career transformation and stage presence coach. After 25 years of managing dual careers, first as an executive in a creative agency by day and simultaneously as a singer-actor by night, she combined the two to create her company, Inspiration Squared. She works with mid-career business professionals and leaders who struggle feeling fulfilled, confident, and want to step into their personal power and presence and advance their career. Erin, welcome to the space. I was, you got it. I kept hitting and it wasn't receiving. I'm so glad. (laughs) Yay, you're here. So excited. (laughs) This is usually the response I get from people. They're like, oh my God, that was stressful. I finally, I am here. I haven't done this before. (laughs) Yes. And I'm like, is there something wrong with my finger? Yes, there is. (laughs) We're always learning something new, right? (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Thank you for your patience, Hollis. I appreciate it. I am glad that you're here. You did that very quickly. And thank you to my listener here, our listener from San Diego. So glad that you're here. So, okay, Miss Erin, so we're going to dive in, but before we get to the, to the juicy meaty bits, could you please share a little fun fact or something about yourself before we even learn more about you, please? You know, I was thinking about that question um, and a really fun fact about me, and it really sort of aligns with our conversation today about creativity, um, is that I actually am a recipient of a student Emmy Award um, from my senior project. I was a television and film major at Loyola Marymount University, and I um, it was like a 20-minute television production that I put together. I wrote, direct, produced the whole bit, and... Um, I went ahead. My teacher told me you should submit this uh, to the Emmys, and I did, and I ended up getting the award. So that was just oh kind God. of a fun little fact. 
Wow. Yeah. So this started back in high school. Yeah, this was college, actually. It oh, was college. Yeah, it was my college senior project. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, and for television and film majors, at least back then, you know, we didn't write a big thesis at the end. It wasn't a big paper, right? What we had to deliver was a final production that we had to write, direct, produce, hire all the talent, everything. Like we had to do the full blown thing. So um, actually it's literally one of my most favorite memories from my college experience. I really felt honored to one, be in such a great program, but also right. to take full advantage of everything. And then to the fact that it was summed up with the last student Emmy award, it was like, ah, here I go. So yeah, that was kind of a fun little, fun little yeah. uh, fact about me, Hollis. <laughs> That's, well, here we go. This deserves a little sound bite. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> But what I, I mean, that's what I really enjoy about really hands-on, whether it's trades or uh, the arts or whatever it is, is that this hands-on application, because like mm -hmm. you said, it's not, you're not writing something and it's not theory, you're actually mm -hmm. doing it. So mm -hmm. here you were, you created, you wrote, you produced, you directed, <laughs> like you did all of this. And this is the real, to me, this is like the real, this is the juicy parts. This is where we make mistakes. This is where the real mm -hmm. learning happens. And then to be able to get recognized in that capacity, that's beautiful. So thank you yeah, for sharing I, that. You're welcome. I, I agree. It is nice when you put all that hard work in and you get that recognition at the end. Yeah, it's, it, was, it was really a pretty, it was actually such a surprise. I was an unexpected surprise. So mm -hmm. it's nice to have those in our life as well. Yeah, because you're, mm -hmm. you're doing it for the purpose of doing it and learning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And number one, it's something you need to do to graduate, but you're also obviously passionate about it because you chose it, um, you mm -hmm. stuck with it and you're in it and you're just learning all the parts of it. So you, you weren't with the end goal of I'm going to aim for an Emmy. You were like, I'm aiming, my end goal is getting this put together in a way yeah. that makes me feel good. And then that's when you were recognized by the outside and was like, put that in, which is just icing on the cake. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. You know, you're right. Because I, I never would have thought about it if it wasn't for my um, professor. You know, right. he was so uh, pleased with the end result. In fact, at the very end of when I did my television production, and like I say, it was a pretty intensive program, and especially that senior year. And I'll never forget when I had my final meeting with him after we had finished and completed and, you know, delivered our final product. And we had to actually screen our final product for the school as well. And it was after that, that I had my final meeting with him. And he gave me, I mean, I never thought this was possible, but he gave me an A plus for my my senior project and he said right and i still have it i have i have the the, the actual write-up and he says a plus and underneath he said a pleasure oh, and he wow. was just it was a pleasure working with you you just had you just you you committed yourself to it you did everything with such you know uh, such detailed work. You were so great with the cast, with the crew, you, from producing to directing to writing, you were so fully present and full, fully involved in it. And he, it was, he said, as a professor, you know, he was also, also a TV director. He says it was a pleasure watching you just step into it and, and bring your all. You know, so okay. that to me was that to me was the biggest compliment because he was a tough he was a tough professor. I have to tell you, it was mm -hmm. that was not easy to get. So I, I just felt really good. It was a nice way to finish out my my college experience, to be honest yeah. with you. It was like a lovely way to finish that up. 
Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. And okay, this is, and the word that you just said there being presence, and this is going to be such a beautiful segue and everything and learning more about you. So the first official, official question is to kick off our conversation is, Erin, um, how do you define creativity? You know, I, I really define it as really stepping in to what inspires us, stepping into our greatness and bringing that forward and inspiring others with it. I believe all of us have something unique to share with the world and it's really stepping forward with that and sharing it with the world. Okay, so I'm really inspired by your story because you came so often when I talk to people who've been in corporate and these spaces, there's kind of like a, well, I left corporate and like, there's a sense of relief. And, mm -hmm. um, I know for you, cause we have spoken before, but I'm looking forward to you diving in and getting even deeper with mm -hmm. yours is that you enjoyed what you did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you were just mm -hmm. kind of living this dual life and, um, you ended up kind of combining it into one, which was something for yourself. But can you, wherever you want to start in your story, uh, can you please help take us on a journey to what you did and where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I, I, I knew like very, very early on in my life. And I, honestly, I was three years old, but I, I really wanted to be a singer actor since I was like, a you know, at literally three years old. You would have caught me running around the house singing every song at the top of my lungs and putting <laughs> little shows on at the house. And I, I did that throughout my, most of my childhood and teenage years. And I, I knew Hollis very early on that that's what I wanted. I mean, I was so inspired. Honestly, the, the first time was when I saw the movie Sound of Music. That was, mm. that was the moment truly when I'm like, I, 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 I need to be Maria, but I really want to be Gretel. You know, when you're three years old, you want to be the little one, right? You want to be Gretel, you know, and, yeah. and, but eventually you want to be Maria. And, but I was so inspired by these kids running around the Alps, singing these songs and, and, and telling a story through music. Like it was so inspiring to me. So I knew I wanted to do that. And at one point in my life, and I was around third grade, um, I had really done my first production ever. And I was in some bunny rabbit on stage, had one line, but I loved it. I just mm -hmm. loved being on stage. And I finally got the gumption. I really finally got that courage to tell my mom that when I grow up, I want to be an actress that sings songs, you know, and you can see this little kid just, just so full of cheer and excitement. And, and my mom smiled and she kind of nodded, but she says, oh, honey, you can't do that. You'll starve in the street. And, mm -hmm. you know, for my mom, like saying that, <laughs> I, I don't think she said it with the seriousness of that. But as a seven, eight-year-old, it was sort of a, it kind of shocked me because all you could picture yourself is like some poor little orphan in a corner starving in the street, you know? And, right. and so that was interesting, Hollis. I looked back and that was really the beginning of this journey, this dual career that I ended up creating much later of doing both. Like I, in school, I did excel in the academic area, but I did continue to pursue. I was in music. I played clarinet. I played flute. I was singing in choir, you know, but most people didn't know I could sing as a soloist because I held that. I, I sang in my bedroom the whole time. Like I would sing mm. big solos, but no one really knew I was a singer 
um, and that I wanted to do this because I was too afraid. I really was more afraid of telling people I wanted to be this performer because one, I was going to starve in the street, but also I didn't feel I was talented enough, but I kept pursuing it. And, and then it was my senior year when I finally had this amazing audition for one of the very small choirs in our, our um, high school. And me not thinking I was ever going to get into it. And I, I got into it. And this was a choir made up of maybe 20 people. And there's like, I don't, there's 400 people in our or 400 people in my class. And, and that was my first inroad to like, okay, you got, you, people believe you're a singer. And so my senior was fantastic in high school. I did a lot of theater, did a lot of music. And so I once again told my parents, Hey, when I go to college, I want to major in theater arts. And they said, absolutely not. We're not going to pay for that. So mm -hmm. that's how I ended up in TV and film. I said, okay, if I can't do theater, I will do TV and film. Mm -hmm. um, but I also continued to do theater on the side. And so what was great about the TV and film, Hollis, was that if you could see there, like this dual thing was starting right at that point because I was doing production. I was learning all the, the business side of television and film. I was also learning the production and the creative side of television and film, but I was also on the side doing theater. I was doing both. And so when I graduated from college with my little Emmy, right? I also had to find a job, you know, and I was living in Silicon Valley. I was back in Silicon Valley at this point. And so I was trying to pursue video production in corporate America. And at the same time, I was now tapping my toe in the theater community in Silicon Valley. So I was beginning this journey of creating a dual career. And over the next 25 years, as I was getting into corporate America, uh, and I was, I got into uh, Hewlett Packard and I was proud to be part of that company because at that time that they were like the, you know, gold standard for video production and, uh, you know, um, creative marketing. And I was also doing a lot of theater. And then I eventually left Hewlett Packard and joined an agency, which was a creative agency. And I came in as a more of account manager, project manager type, which again was that business side of the film production that I did, that sort of yeah. building out a project, making it happen, developing, working with creative team and delivering it. Like I was itching that bone big time, right? And really growing in that part of my career. And at the same time, I was doing that um, in my singing and acting career, as far as like, I was doing show after show and it, okay. wasn't, in, and it was in the mid nineties where it suddenly became, I was doing professional theater and I was now, a, you know, a professional business person. And that, that put me on a trajectory of 25 years of a dual career. Okay. So 2017, I have to stop you for a minute because yeah. I just, just by you saying all of this, this is, I'm like, you have so much energy. Like <laughs> I do, I know. I mean, <laughs> to to be able to accomplish all of this. So, I guess there's so much to ask. But did you find that this stage acting was was that an outlet for you? Was that a, another? Was that like a space where you were like, ah, I can go and be me and express myself in this way and really get you know passionate in that way? Or was it just kind of an extension in a sense of what you were doing? Um, yeah. You know, a uh, great question, because at first I would say it was that it was like, OK, I got to be in business. I'm doing this. I have my career. I'm making money, you know, doing that. I'm doing the professional thing. 
And I also had the theater and that was, you know, allowing me to express my creativity and sing and, you know, perform and take on characters and then also create this whole cabaret jazz side of me and doing gigs and clubs. And I always felt like they were separate in a way. And I was so grateful that I had the time and energy to Mm -hmm. do both. And also I was able to set up my job to allow the flexibility that Mm -hmm. if I got in a show, I had a matinee during the day, I just would leave my job, go and do a matinee and come back and come back to my job. And I was re- I was so grateful, Hollis, that I had that ability to do that with my business career as well as my performing career. And I would say it was sort of in the mid-2000s that I noticed that I needed both of them. Like they both were an important part of Aaron. Like I don't think, even though I wanted, I wish I could just do theater full time. I remember that's that was everybody who wants to be a performer. That's your that's your desire. I want to go to Broadway, but it was interesting. I realized that I needed to fulfill both sides of me, and I had that business side of me, that relationship side of me, that part of making something happen in business and building relationships was a very powerful part side of me that was that was incredibly fulfilling at the same time that I could take those same learnings and take it into my performing career mm-hmm. and do the same so that's why I also um, and, and when I look back at my college career, I think that's why I excelled so well in television and film is because I understood and loved the business side as well as the production side, which hence is like my business career. Because when you work for a creative agency, it's production. You're producing creative materials, right? I loved that. I loved the beginning and end of that. But I also loved being in front of the camera performing. And now in my business career, which my business career was filled with working in corporate America, as well as being on professional stages, I was doing the same thing in a much bigger way than I was doing in college. And I needed to do that. But it, but you know what's funny, Hollis? It took me until the mid-2000s to accept that and realize that. Prior to that, I was always kind of, oh, shoot, my day job. I wish I didn't need my day job. I wish I could just be a full-time performer. Like I, I would go back and forth on that, never felt that solid foundation. I always felt like they were separate. And it wasn't yeah. until the mid-2000s that I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You are defining what being a singer actor and being a businesswoman is differently for what other people would see it as. Which I think is so such an important point. It's it's kind of as we as we mature, as we grow, as we go through life stumble through life (laughs) there's at times it's stumbling at times it's running at times it's walking at times it's laying at times yeah i mean there's just so many different phases but i just really love how you uh realize like you stuck with it for various reasons that you did but then there was this epiphany that this was good for you like this was a part of you and you really did enjoy it. So actually, if we could get to the part, because there's so much to talk about, and we have an hour, um, (laughs) 
with this whole talk, this I think is just a beautiful way of what we, what I call this talking, clarifying your story to catapult your stage presence. So mm-hmm. tell us more about Inspiration Squared and how that happened and how you really merge these spaces. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, when I decided to leave, you know, my, my creative agency job in 2017, um, when I left there specifically, I called what I had, I had white space. I had, for the first time really in my career, I had a moment in time when I really didn't need to work. And I was really grateful and blessed with that. And so I took full advantage of that. And I remember when I left my company, Hollis, I had said, um, you know, guys, I don't really know what I'm doing next, but all I know is that I want to take all of my, you know, skills and experiences and my passion and just everything I've learned and my wisdom, you know, that I've gained through these past 25 plus years and do something where I feel like I'm making a difference and I'm, I'm inspiring others. And that was all yeah. I really said, you know, and, 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 and it's funny because I named my company on that day, just so you know, just out of the blue, it wasn't like I ever intended on building a company. I just, my husband was so great. He's like, you know, you're, you, you need to leave with something like you leave, need to leave with a company name. Let's just do it. Let's have fun with it. Never mm-hmm. thinking it would become my brand to be That's honest great. with you. That's yeah. Great. And I thought that was really wise of him. And, and so then I went on this journey over the next few months and really sort of outlined what was what I wanted to do next. And also, here's the thing, also defining what I didn't want to do anymore. The Hmm. things that didn't fulfill me anymore, like really looking at those and being okay with saying, thank you for serving me, but I no longer need you. And then letting it go. And that was very empowering because here's one of the things that I made the decision on was I I'm done with the agency world. I don't want to go back to the agency world. I'm done. I did it. You know, it's no fun Mm -hmm. anymore. But to say that out loud was huge because if you looked at my resume, it was all about that. So then how do you redefine yourself now? But because we all have a zillion transferable skills Once you make that decision of, yeah, I'm done with this, you put it over there in the corner, it's done. You then get to look at yourself on a blank piece of paper and look at all your experiences and say, how can this transfer to what I want to do now? And that's a very powerful, um, powerful step that every business professional, especially when they hit that point, that mid-career point, that is a huge step that they can make for themselves. That really puts them in the driver's seat. No one's defining it for them you know? And so as time went on, I just, you know, circumstances happened that as I was doing this deep dive, I had this opportunity to work with a wonderful coach here in, in town in Minneapolis. And she was like, yeah, you know, she's all about helping corporate women get out of corporate and start their own business. That wasn't me, but she and I knew each other from uh, uh, other people. And and she goes, you know, Aaron, you may not come out with a business, right? But you'll come out with your life's plan. And because I was that mid-career professional, that Hollis was what I needed to hear at that moment because I really didn't know what I wanted to do next. And as I dove into this program, I suddenly had this thought as we were doing this deep, deep dive. I mean, her program was really intense. And four weeks in, I said, I had a couple of ideas. And one of the things I said is, if I could help business professionals find and own their unique voice, they will have no competition. Mm-hmm. And it was that tiny little nucleus of an idea 
yeah. that set me on the course of creating Inspiration Squared. And the main reason that was is because I realized I was doing that in performing. I had been teaching that in performing. I had also been doing that in business, helping my clients and realize how powerful that is when we step into our own personal presence and brand. Many people don't know how to own that. And that is what started me building my business, Inspiration Squared. And the first part was the career transformation program, which is the own your story, change your life which is really all about finding that story, like tapping back into the true essence of ourselves and finding those stories that define us, owning them and watching that, just the power of that, getting you on a very, very different, unique career transformation road because you've created for yourself. And that was very powerful. And then from there grew the stage presence, readiness and delivery because, and a lot of that, the funny thing about that is that happened over time. That was just sort of organically happen, happening, but then COVID happened and everybody mm-hmm. was thrust home and everybody was shoved into their home offices and they were all thrown on camera. And a lot of people were feeling disconnected and yeah. not knowing how to, you know, be present, how to make a connection anymore. And these were business owners, business leaders, up and coming, rising leaders, just feeling completely disconnected. And that was the birth of my program to help people make that connection on camera. And of course, then that grew. Now it's really not just camera, it's virtual and, you know, everywhere you go. I always tell people your stage presence is everywhere you go. Every room you walk into, are you walking in fully you know, in, within your unique personal brand and presence? Are you bringing that every time? Because that's how you show up as a leader. So here we have um, a question from a listener, oh. which is, I would love to hear an example of how Aaron walks someone through this process. Okay. So, um, so if it's the career program that, um, we, we'll start there because actually both programs do tap into the same same kind of work. So with the career program, the first thing we do is we go and tap into what I call your emotional satisfaction DNA. And this is what brings you joy, what lights you up, what gets you excited. We tend to lose sight of that um, in our careers. And when we identify this emotional satisfaction DNA, what happens is like we get it down to a point where it's these five things that are seriously what you are must-haves in your career, must-haves. And when you get these five, we then look at it and say, okay, how's that showing up today? And a lot of people, and I'll tell you, I will say a majority of my clients will say, holy cow, only two of them are. And right. I'm like, well, there's your information. Like right there, if you're missing three out of the five non-negotiables for you individually, you personally, you already have enough information at the point to understand why you're not motivated, motivated anymore, not excited. You're not jumping out of bed in the morning or you walk into the office and you're just like, okay, another day or which I've heard many times is this as good as it gets, you know, yeah. and that once we do that, then we jump into we we do a whole area on your personal values and in this personal value piece is very different from anything you've ever done before because it's not just say what are your personal values because a lot of people will say i know my personal values but they really don't own them and we go into this process where it's like a hundred different value types and i we have a whole exercise that we narrow it down to get you to your top five 
And when you see your, I mean, you've chosen the words, like, cause we go through a hundred and I you know, work you through how to choose those five. And when you see those five, you own them. I mean, I have watched Hollis. I've watched my clients, literally their posture changes yes. because they start to own, like these are theirs. So now you've had your emotional satisfaction DNA, right? Now you have your values. We also do some, you know, some deeper work with characteristics as well, which is very powerful. And then at that point, and by the way, throughout all these exercises, I'm also making you tap into your story. So when we're talking emotional satisfaction DNA, I'm saying, tell me a story where this shows up. And what's yeah. happening is when you're doing that, you are now opening up a part of yourself that you may have lost sight of. And you tie that story to that emotional satisfaction DNA or that value type, you start to own it more because you see it. You see yourself and you're also reclaiming stories that you may have lost sight of. But once you, own, once you reclaim and own these stories, you will never forget them because they will, they will transport you. And then we do what I call, we dive into your life-defining story section. And this is the gold, this is the meat. And this is where we go back to childhood, teenage years, starting out years and adult years. And we ask really simple questions like, tell me a story about your favorite teacher in elementary school. And I always tell people, go with the first story. Don't overthink it, go with the first story, write it out. Don't edit yourself, just write it out. And what happens is as we go through these four sections, you start to see these golden threads that are tied into that emotional satisfaction DNA and the value types and these, these attributes that are really you. And we start to ask questions. So how's that showing up today? Is that part of your voice there? And that suddenly the cl my clients will start to see things just revealing themselves and like, oh my God, there I am. I forgot that part of myself. Yeah. And they're reclaiming and owning it. So they're getting themselves on a very different road because they're creating it for themselves and seeing themselves. It's not somebody telling them what to do. They are defining it for themselves, which is absolutely empowering. And then we go into the last section is then, okay, looking at today. And how are you showing up in your presence and really redefining because now you're armed with so much information about yourself that you are now owning that suddenly you're creating a very different roadmap for yourself that you personally are cre um, creating. Um, and then what I do at the very end, Alice, is we set a 90 day goal. And the reason I do that is this program is really powerful and you've learned a whole heck of a lot. You've got new muscle memory going, but we're human. And I never wanted my program to be one of those ones where people get into it. And then, you know, two weeks later, life gets in the way. We kind of forget things. We walk on, right? We got, kind of forget it, put the binder on the shelf. I never wanted that to be this. Yeah. So we create a 90 day and a 90 day goal, which by the way, it's 90 days, attainable 90 day goal and creating the support underneath that goal itself to get you there. Cause what we're doing is we're building you muscle memory and keeping you on that transformation road. And it's absolutely amazing to see the strides that my clients have made because they're so much braver. They're so much more courageous because they know themselves and they're just like, yeah. And here's my thing. If we show up a hundred percent ourselves, you have no competition. And that's what the world wants. That's what your company wants. That's the thing. When they hire you, they don't want you to be a copy of somebody else. They want you to bring all of your skills and your strengths and your wisdom and just everything in the door and bring that and share that and not hold back. And unfortunately, in our 20s and 30s, when we're starting our careers, 
sometimes we check some of that stuff out the door. And what happens in mid-careers is that voice inside of us is knocking back on, back on our door saying, hey, I'm still here. I'm still yeah. here. That's what that yeah. voice is. Yeah. That's where like the midlife crisis is, isn't it? It's kind yeah, of like- Basically, yeah, it's it, very similar. It, it comes out and so many things that you just said of the words, words that are standing out to me that I was just like, ooh, that's a powerful word. And that's a really pretty word is overthink, powerful. Mm -hmm. um, golden threads pretty mm. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> i just kind of like those are just and just when the epiphany sets in and it's like there i am it's creating these safe spaces for people to have permission to deep dive into themselves because there's so much noise in the world everybody as we know and this very key point of what you're saying of um showing up a hundred percent of yourself there's no competition we spend so much time comparing ourselves and thinking how we can one up somebody and just by focusing on what they're doing and then how we can just one up them in a sense, instead yes. of focusing on who are we, what yeah. is our story? What is our experiences? My experience as an art teacher, a, you know, as far as labels go, art teacher, entrepreneur, um, podcaster, uh, and then, mom, daughter, sister, mm -hmm. all of this, all of the other labels and roles that we have in our lives, that makes me who Hollis is and, yeah. and how I grow and how I see the world and how I, all of these things, this is what helps create us. We are changing, but it, it kind of molds us, it sculpts us, it shapes us. So Absolutely. I yeah, you hit that on the you hit that right on the head, right? That's just you said it beautifully, Hollis. I love that. So, so good. Well, th well, thank you, but I think it's thank you for that because I think yeah. that it is very true. It's taking so much pressure off of the comparison element and being like, "Oh, this is what I'm good at. These are my mm -hmm. core values. This this is how I show up. These are my experiences." I can say when I, I, I don't get rattled so easily when I go into a room, um, when I was, you know, teaching and all this other stuff, there was other stuff going on that I kind of had to my own demons in a sense of my own mm -hmm. worthiness questions and all of that. But if I'm up there in front of a room, it takes a little bit to get me rattled because of the experiences that I've had. And yeah. I see that as a strength also. Absolutely. That makes, that makes yes. me me. Yes. Well, that's the thing. That's what's so beautiful about our stories. Our stories define us and our stories also move our audience. You know, they they people are moved by stories and and like I had my five secrets of telling stories, right? That the, the, the little document I have and it's teaches people how to really put together almost an arsenal of their stories because this not only helps you grow, but also from a stage presence standpoint, or when you're speaking to a group or maybe you're even speaking to your team, people are drawn and moved by stories. They want to know about a struggle and a success. They want to know something funny. Like they want to know you and it's, uh, it's those stories that make us unique. But here's the great thing about stories as well. The more we share our story, and the more color and texture and beauty we mm. bring to our stories when we tell people, what you're doing is you're not only 
revealing a bit of yourself and bringing people towards you, you're also helping them tap into their story because they're going to hear something in your story and they're going to go, God, that was me. I remember I did that when I was a kid too. And suddenly you're building a connection with people, but you're also allowing them to open up a part of themselves to tap back into their story. And it's very, very powerful. Okay. So now we're going to switch gears a little bit. And again, I want to thank those that are here with us live. Any questions or comments, please put them in the chat box below. Um, So Aaron, we know some ways that you've shared, but maybe are there any ways that you could share with us on how you incorporate more creativity into your own life? Oh, good night. Let me think about that. I do. Well, how do I? I'm always incorporating creativity. I'm trying to think. You know, one of my biggest ones, and it always has been this, um, and this may be small, but mm-hmm. for me, in order for me to be creative, um, I always have music mm-hmm. playing in the background. Now, and it's interesting because when I was in college, uh, back then we had Walkmans. Okay, I'm aging yes. myself, but yes, we had Walkmans. Um, and uh, <laughs> I was so. Grateful. I just found one in the garage. Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Yes. Oh my God. Remember how much we loved our Walkman? I mean, it was like the greatest thing, right? <laughs> it's it's. I'm interrupting your story here, but yeah, it's funny because our daughter is. She wants to create, um, start selling stuff online that's, you know, vintage and, and all of that. And yeah. uh, she's like, where's your Walkman? I know you have one. Whereas we we found so many different things in there. And um, yeah, we, we found yeah. one. She's like, oh my God, this is perfect. <laughs> so, uh, but everything comes that. around, you know, because she, she wants to use it too. It's kind of like things that were, you know, what's retro is natural. Um, yes, exactly. Like Polaroid cameras. I mean, isn't that the, the most funny thing? I mean, I bought right? my stepdaughter for Christmas two years ago. She wanted a Polaroid camera. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, oh my God, that's the thing. Everybody wants Polaroid cameras. So I bought her one. I'm like, I remember when these came out. I, I know. <laughs> I know. It's so, and oh, I want to acknowledge what Dane just said. This is great. Having a soundtrack to your life was groundbreaking. Mm, yes oh mm. so it's going where i'm going i'm telling I you love like, that. i love I that i love that Thank i you, am in love with that <laughs> yes and dan you'll be appreciated because uh like when i was in college and we were going back to the walkman right i used to i had to write all the time i was writing scripts or i was right i had to you know write a, a show of some sort i had to have music on and here's the thing my music of choice when i'm creating um is um movie soundtracks always like that you know it has to no there can be no lyrics and the reason there can't be lyrics is because i'm a singer what am i going to do i'm gonna start singing and i'm not (laughs) going to be able to create but i am so inspired by uh, movies well i'm you know film film is my second love to theater and i am so inspired by movie scores i love movie scores Mm -hmm. and that it had, I have to, when I'm creating, even when I'm working here in my business and I am focusing on doing something, I have to put my headphones on and there are movie scores playing in the back. And you guys, it's amazing how just the juices just flow for me. 
Um, and, you know, yes. I wrote a, a one woman show, a one woman cabaret show uh, in the 2000s, um, which was called I Never Went Away. And it took me quite a few years to write that uh, story. And you love the, you like this, Hollis. It was all about creativity, by the way. It was mm. it was basically my uh, my story about, you know, knowing exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an artist losing sight of that and reclaiming that and that's what that story was and it was my journey and i wrote that and i my starbucks down the street is you know i have to credit them for allowing me the space to spend my (laughs) evenings and my saturdays but i'd have my little computer soundtracks on and i would just write my show and Mm -hmm. and i i and i do that now it's like so to me that really it's so simple and yet for me if I have it on, just the creative juices just flow for me. I, I that's thank you for that. And I actually, funny enough, just did a workshop yesterday. Um, my company, I am Creative, called Scribbling and Music, and mm. um, it was about uh, just using line and creating, kind of doodling, scribbling, not have any kind of idea of it having to look like anything, but just understanding that neural connection of yeah. how when you listen to music, music of all different, we played punk, we did rock, we did like mm. uh, rock and roll, we did um, you know jazz, we did all different kinds of music where you make those connections of it changes what colors you pick, how quick your lines are, how, you know, yeah. what your lines look like, if they're more curvy, if they're more jagged, if they're so, but it also opens up that space, which is exactly what you're saying yeah. and what you do. It opened up that space for the ideas to flow in. Cause when Absolutely. you, mm-hmm. when you distract yourself of thinking of what something has to look like or be and allow for the inspiration, then it just flows through. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, you're exactly right. And that is the tool that allows it to flow, flow through. I was going to say that for me. Um, yeah, and you're right, because there is things that are distracting that can take me away or what our mind games are. Sometimes, mm. especially when you're creating something, the mind yeah. games get in the way. And I was writing that one woman show to talk about lots of judgment, like, really, you're going to tell this story? I mean, those kinds of things going on. And as soon as I put that music on and say, let's just focus on this and that music is playing and it's some phenomenal you know, piece from some fabulous movie that just takes me away. Um, It's amazing how all that distraction in my head goes away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And thank you for the listener that's saying, yeah, listens to Bach when writing. Oh, I love it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Loves it. Mm. Okay. So what else is there? Well, let's just kind of jump to this. Um, Do you have and if there's anything else that you want to talk about, like traveling or any other aspect of creativity, but maybe we can kind of uh, touch on that. And um, do you have a morning routine or evening routine? You know, I do have a morning routine. Um, you know, I get, you know, I usually want, when I get out of bed, I, I, I don't know about other people. So I know people like to like do sort of their meditative sort of stuff or their gratitude journal in the morning like before they get up. I, you guys, I have to get a shower. Like I love to go into the bathroom and, mm-hmm. and take a hot, I just have to. It's so funny. I just feel that's when I fully, I love having that 10 minutes or whatever of just being mm-hmm. in the water and, and that I just feel ready to go. And then I'll usually come down and I will do like the half an hour of really setting 
the goal for the day. And I, at that time, will write in my journal at that point, like what kind of feelings going on? What's, what's the struggle or what, but what kind of junk might be in the way this morning or just what's inspiring me? It all just, I just kind of just let it flow. I don't ever, I never even think about it when I'm journaling. I'll just let, mm-hmm. okay, whatever's flowing, just let it flow. And then really kind of look at it and see if there's any sort of theme that I need to be you know, conscious of, um, and then really kind of set the goal, like goals for the day. Like what are those three main things I need to get done today and match that to my calendar. And then by the way, then I'll look at the computer. Like I won't be at this time. I'm not looking at my calendar. I'm not looking at anything. I'll then look at my computer and say, okay. And that, and when I'm looking at that, I'm kind of looking at the calendar, right? Okay. Where can I make sure these three things get done today? And that way I know that because I've learned this and Hollis, you probably have to, you know, as well as like owning your own business and stuff, things can be so overwhelming. They honestly can be so overwhelming because the tasks can feel really huge. And when I know if I just take a baby step, you know, it's like, oh, wait, what, what's the goal, right? For the next month, what are the baby steps are going to get me there? That, that to me can really help just kind of settle me down because sometimes it can feel overwhelming. I don't know how you, if that's similar to yes. you or have those days where you're like, Oh my God, how am I going to all this done? But when yes. I look at taking those incremental steps and then actually at the end of the day, looking and saying, okay, I got those things done. And then just really being, what am I grateful for, for that day? You know? Um, and that seems to sort of center me um, a bit more than, not doing it. Like there, there, if the days I, I skip that, if I'm like in a rush or something, I can feel a difference. Yeah. I can really feel a difference. So it's really, it's a really important thing to do for me. Yeah. I totally can relate to that. And I appreciate you also saying, um, like jumping in the shower and, uh, a friend of mine and, uh, a coach, she had talked about, and when, which I never really thought of it that way. I guess I have, but anyway, it's like when you're feeling overwhelmed or kind of feeling ick, like go in the shower. Cause that's your energetics. That's yes. your, that's your, yes. that's your aura. That's everything about you. So just kind of go in and clean it. Yeah. Like literally clean it. So, yeah. um, I guess I had heard of it, but I hadn't thought of that in a while. And I was like, yeah. ah, yeah. So yeah. what a great way to kind of start the day. It's like starting fresh and yeah and clean and clean and there's something about the water you know i think on the places so (laughs) there we go there's just something about and also the warmth i like i i tend to be run cold i always have and there's something about just feeling that warmth and feeling cozy and like you say clean and fresh i mean there's a freshness to it like I, i i have a girlfriend who you know, she's like, Oh no, I just take my shower at nighttime and I just jump out of bed and I'm ready to go in the morning. I'm like, I don't know how you do that because well, first of all, my hair would not cooperate. It has to be wet. <laughs> I have to wet that. Down I, in the I can't do mine at night either. No. Cause I wake up. I'm like, what just happened? Exactly. There's a party going on in my hair. And <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how she did it, but it's like, yeah, no, I, and I've always been that even as a kid, I always liked having that I don't know, that morning ritual of just feeling that warmth and that water. Um, and I like how you say it. it's like that fresh sort of clean sort of feeling, you know? Um, so it's a good way to start. And, and I've tried in the past to like, oh, well, maybe I should do this first. No, it's like I need to have that refreshed moment. And that yeah. really sets off the, the day for me. 
And after asking so many people this question, what I've learned is, ladies and gentlemen, it's a personal thing. Again, kind of going back to what we talked about earlier is showing up 100% as yourself and this comparison thing. People often think, okay, or they might do some research or hear from somebody else and and think, okay, so in a morning routine, I should journal and then I should meditate for 10 minutes and then I should do this and that. If it doesn't feel good, then you're not going to do it. Like exactly. it's that simple. And maybe it's not even, maybe your morning routine is one person when I asked, she's like, I don't know if you call it a morning routine. She said, but my dogs wake me up at six mm-hmm. in the morning. I get up with the dogs. I make, put on a pot of tea. I open up mm-hmm. the back door. They run outside and I make my tea and look at nature while they're outside. And she's like, that's what I do every morning. And that's what feels good to me. Yeah, so, I love that. I love I, that. I, I was like, yeah. I was like, that's beautiful. That's yeah. like, it's whatever brings you into that kind of meditative space. Exactly. Uh, which, which meditation, yeah. the walking, eating, um, you know, actually sitting, being quiet, having a conversation, uh, journaling. It could be so many things. It's just that space where you're kind of turning your brain off and just allowing. Exactly. And giving yourself that space, like giving yourself permission to have that space, even if it's just 15 minutes. Some people yes. don't even give themselves that because they have you know, other priorities or, oh, I don't have time for that. And it's like just that little bit of time. And it's exactly what you said, Hollis. It's how you define it. It truly is like walking your dog around the neighborhood. If that's it. Yay. It's like whatever it feels good to you, giving yourself that 10 minutes of grace for yourself. It's amazing how it really does help to center. Um, and, and, and we kind of deserve to do a little of that for ourselves. <laughs> Sometimes we're not good about that. <laughs> we so deserve it. And I'm just like, sidebar, wondering how many people can relate to this. <laughs> I've had, it hasn't happened as much lately, but uh, having to be someplace and I'm a snooze presser. So um, uh, I was getting better at this particular scenario, but I basically needed to be in the car by 10 of six in the morning. And I woke up at 10 of six in the morning. So, <laughs> and it was an hour and a half drive or hour and 10 minute drive. So the reason for this story is I woke up and completely just started cursing, running around, was flustered, and that didn't feel good. <laughs> like yes. it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel good. So in the past, when I've done that and have like kind of like run around, have been, and then more recently, not happening as often, but when it has happened, it that kind of spurt of like, ah, happens. But then I kind of get myself a little centered more quickly. I'm like, okay, Paul, it's just, it's all solvable. Call up this person, tell them you're going to be late. (laughs) Did it? Yes. Like it's not the end of the world. Um, Yeah. Yes. I, you know, I, I love that too. You know, I, I feel it took some years and some wisdom to gain that sort of, I don't know, courage in a way to say, oh, shoot. Calling somebody say, guys, I'm running 10 minutes late. I, I spent so many years of my career going, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm going to be late for this meeting. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Mm. Running down the street, driving, ah, you know, the whole bit. And you get there, and then you're the first one there. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and other people are like, hey, guys, so sorry I'm late. You know, I got to see the kids. And you're like, God, Aaron, you could have done that, you know. And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> 
Because, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I think, too, going through the pandemic, I think we've all learned a bit that we can give each other grace. We really can. You know what I mean? We can all like, oh, Hollis, you're going to be late. No problem. You know what? Get, take 10 minutes. We'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like, everybody yes. is forgiving. I have learned that. People are incredibly forgiving. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know. We grew up in a world, at least, you know, when I was growing up, everything was just, you got to be there. Get on time. You know, drive through the traffic, you know, and there's no excuse for being late. And it's like, yeah, yeah no, you know, it, yes, <laughs> got to take care of ourselves. <laughs> But again, I think it's just a, such a beautiful point. And I think it also, the word that came up for me was perfectionism. It's it. Yep. It it's is perfectionism. This, it's mm -hmm. this like, okay, well, just like you said, you know, you're supposed to be at least 15 minutes early to something. Yeah. Um, and you made a mistake. And why did you press snooze for 10 million yeah. times? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and all of that. Which is a bad habit, everybody. <laughs> I have to fully admit being transparent. I like the other morning, I think I was pressing it for like 30 minutes. Great. I didn't have a meeting or anything to wake up to. My daughter, she's 19. She was like, oh my God, how could you sleep through that? Like, <laughs> like what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know, you're right. The perfectionism thing, you know, nothing's perfect. That's the one thing it took me years to learn. Right. But perfectionism is, is such a curse. It may, it takes, it causes such undue stress and it's, it's not even attainable. It really isn't. And learning to, learning to forgive yourself is, well, I think it's one of the greatest lessons we can learn. It's just forgive, you know, I forgive myself for sleeping in an extra 10 minutes. Like, you know what, don't, it can't ruin your whole day, you know, kind of thing. Or, you know, oh shoot, I didn't realize the traffic was going to be so bad. I should, I mean, this was the worst. I remember when I was in Silicon Valley, that was the worst when you would realize, oh shoot, I should have known the traffic was going to be this I bad. Should okay. I, I mean, should I should have. I mean, I should have. I should have. And like, okay, how would you have known that? First of all, these are the days before Google Maps, right? Like, right. no, there is no way. But we said like, we, and I, I, by the way, I wasn't alone. Everybody did that, right? Oh my God, I know I should have planned ahead. How could you plan ahead for the accident that, you know, left that massive accident, you know, that massive right. traffic jam on Highway 280? I mean, it was just like, no. Right. So yeah, it's like, it, I don't know. It's that idea of just, allowing for forgiveness and just going with grace. I mean, it, I know it takes forever to learn these things, but if we can teach anybody to learn that earlier, oh my God, it's a great lesson to learn early in life. It's for sure. huge. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, as you're listening to the stories here, this is all about our stories, right? So, yeah. and our stage yeah. presence. So yeah. as we're getting to the top of the hour, this is the third and final question, which kind of may seem a little repetitive, but it kind of puts the, the little bow on the box, which is, why do you think creativity is important? Oh, oh, you know, creativity is important because, you know, it just makes the world right. And what I mean by that is like, we need creativity. We need people to express themselves. We need people to you know, show the world that there's so many ways to shine and we need to allow people to shine in their creativity. Um, we just, we need more of it. I think the world would work better if we all just accepted creativity and allowed ourselves to express that and let it inform the decisions we make. Um, and I, I mean, the work you do, Hollis, is so brilliant. The, the fact that you are able to unleash people's creativity just 
blows me away. Like taking people who are just stuck and they just open up because of the work you do. And I, the more of that, the better I want in our schools. I want it in our corporations. I really, really do. Um, it's so, so important. And I really, like I said earlier, it's when we step into our own creativity and express that to the world, we bring such greatness to it. Oh my God. Bringing it to this business space and really giving people the permission to see themselves in this light and to own their space, to own their story and to yeah. understand, like you said, which this is all going to lead to, please telling how people to connect with you is understanding that a stage doesn't have to be the per se, the perceived idea of a theater stage. The right. stage is wherever you stand wherever exactly. you are expressing, wherever you're talking, whether it's virtual, whether it's walking into a living room or a boardroom or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how can people connect with you, Erin? Oh, let's see. Well, you can definitely find me at my website, you know, which is inspiration squared and S squared is S Q R D as a dog.com. Um, I'm also on ins, ins, um, what is it? Instagram, um, <laughs> as well as LinkedIn. And, you know, um, and that's the thing, you know, if, if this is really resonating with anyone out there and you're really wanting to do a deep dive into your own presence, you know, I have, I love, I have these 30 minute discussions where, where we, I mean, one-on-one -on -one discussions where we kind of look at your stage presence and see how we can evolve it. I mean, literally I could probably by just, you know, getting to meet you, we can really help you step further into your stage presence. Cause like Hollis was saying, it's like when we bring our true presence and our true brand to the room, I mean, you are making a difference across the board. People will notice it. You're pulling people towards you. And as, as business leaders today, as business professionals, it's really, it's such a requirement and it's, it's, it's really important. And, um, and I would love everybody to just step into their stage presence. Aaron, thank you so much for taking this hour. I so, so appreciate you. Thank you, Hals. This has been such a fun discussion. Thank you. I just love what you do. And I love that you offer this uh, to the world. I just, I just, like I say, you, what you're doing with creativity is, whew, it's amazing. Just yeah. share it, share it with the world. It's so amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So this is, I mean, what we do, what we both do in our ways is this is what we're doing is we're giving people these safe spaces to express. Yes. We are, we're, we are allowing them to clarify their story and yeah. show up, yep. show up yep. everybody. And this is, show up. I so appreciate my wonderful guest today. I so appreciate everybody joining us live, those catching the replay. We know that you could be doing anything with your hour and spending it with us is so, so appreciated using that word again. So this space is all about inspiring each other, connecting and sharing stories. So please like, follow, share all of this good stuff because this needs to be shared. I believe we've always needed this, but these conversations, they just lift each other up. We've, mm. it's just, we need it now more than ever. This deeper, Absolutely. deeper connection. People are, are, are like chomping at the bit for it. So that being said, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon and a good evening. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. So goodbye, everybody. Feeling inspired? 
let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. <laughs> let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh? be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. Through the Publishing House, Express Yourself Publishing, multi-author books, copy books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't, we are not made for boxes. <laughs> there is also my TV show, I Am Creative. Check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link and you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it, see what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So IamCreativePhilly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story, because we all have one. <laughs>